Welcome to the 3v3 Podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. So if you're a fan of the Athletic Hockey Show, you will definitely know this question uh, that we left last week with. Um, By where? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, just, we, we got to talk to our, you know, the security department here because uh, too, too many taps on our mics. Anyway, um, what positional player, what skater do you want to see playing that in a game? This coming on the heels of uh, Anisimov getting dressed for the Ottawa Senators in the event they lost two goalies because, you know, no e-bugs this year. Okay. <clears throat> for the sheer comedic factor, I will I will say Zidane Chara. Um, for the for the sheer finally everyone shut up about it factor, Sidney Crosby. For the athletic prowse factor. I kinda want to see Connor McDavid. Just just to to grind people's gears. You want McDavid's feet and ankles near the post that much. <laughs> well, okay, so let's hope he doesn't have the same accident that Ukapeka Lukinen did. <laughs> which is where I think you were going. Yeah. Yeah, that poor kid. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> he... Well, I just, I don't, we won't talk, talk about it, but okay. God, he was having such a great season too. It's just such a shame. So All right, those, then those are my sit- three categorical ones. All right. Just no reverse VH for McDavid. He has to do the old VH and he'll be fine. Oh, he's, he's going to, he's going to play stand up. He's going to be yeah. sort of like a yeah. Jacques Plant, <laughs> you know, but he could just scare everyone by skating out of his crease because he'll be like, Oh my God, he's fast. You know? Okay. <laughs> um, I I had a, a <laughs> just for the 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 sheer torment that it would inflict upon the Washington Capitals fans. I want to see Ovechkin in net. Hmm. Russian because never give up breakaway. <laughs> Because, you know, it's always it's always fun when you're like, when your best player, <laughs> your best player who scores a lot is suddenly a goalie. <laughs> the, the sheer torment that that would inflict upon the Washington Capitals fans would just be like, would be awesome. A little bit of schadenfreude for me. Hmm. All right, before I give my answer, I I have one question for you both. And this comes from a conversation I had with friend of the show and weekly listener, Joey Nix, who asked, who who just midway through the week, I get a random text message. And it's the answer to our question of the week or his answer. And he went with Chara. So I immediately had to ask him, does he have to wear a mask or not? 
I can see him going out in a bubble. Right? I can see him going out in a bubble. I don't... A K, you know, Dominic Hoshik style K. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or... The net guard. And, and, and this was Joey's suggestion. Uh, put him in an old Jason style mask where the... Uh, the cutouts are large enough so all you see are his eyes and teeth. And this comes on the heels of that wonderful picture of Chara fighting Matt Barton from the past week. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, Chara came top of mind. Uh, I don't want Crosby to play because um, he's not going to be good. I do just so the media will shut up about how he used to do it. Oh ball. no, they'll they'll find another way to wax poetic about him. Uh, oh or yeah, I, they'll even if he's bad about it, they'll be like, "Oh wow, he just gave it such a great try," and it's just like, "Oh, just shut up." <laughs> uh, the person who I want to see, Matthew Kachuk, for two reasons. After the whole no one came to his defense after uh, Jake Muzzin flipped a puck at him earlier in the year, I want to see how many guys are shooting high during warm-ups. On his own team? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then what kind of back-checking happens? Like, how many two-on-ones, three-on-ones, you know, breakaways does the man see? And I think it will tell us everything we need to know about his future with the with the Flames. So basically, you're, you're using this as a litmus test to see if his teammates like him? Yeah. And also, okay. uh, we could use a goalie with a little more flair. And I... I, I he's not going to go full Patrick Waugh on anyone, but... Uh, he. I, I was just going to say, um, boy, Billy Smith, right? Okay. Okay. Well, I don't. I don't think anyone would would leave the area in and around the crease with their ankles intact. Yeah. No. He would be the goaltender. He would be the goaltender. Jordan Bennington pretends to be at the end of periods. gets pulled right well that and then you know he'll he'll talk to he'll talk smack to the other goalie or someone else on the other team but Matthew Kachuk might actually do something mm. Mm. I don't know if he actually would he sure was running his mouth a lot last night without doing much behind it yeah, you know, and I don't know whether that's Sutter parking him or what. <clears throat> Going back to the Patrick Watt thing, Ovechkin is a goalie. Could be just as flamboyant as Patrick Watt. You know, I'm here for it just for the hot takes of a player wearing a single-digit number that isn't one in net. <laughs> oh, and the the 
Trechiak like comparisons just because <laughs> they're both built like fire plugs. <laughs> yeah, they're both Russian and you know, sure. <laughs> built like curb bollards. <laughs> just my short, first packed. My, my first thought was actually Stephen Stamkos, and then I thought, no. No, because he's kind of like spun glass at this point. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I would be too deathly afraid that his leg might break just putting the pads on. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Stamkos. <laughs> I know, but... Uh, um, you know, one thing we didn't talk about that happened prior to our last show... Um, Andrew Shaw. Mm. And the only reason I wanted to bring it up because he's sort of the first upper middle class player that's walked away from the game like that. And, you know, I know he's had his issues in the past and, uh, but that was hellaciously courageous for him to do that. That took a lot of guts to go, okay, enough doctors have told me I need to stop. I guess I have to stop. For the sake of myself, you know. As a guy who's not even 30, hanging it up. And I was wondering... Does that maybe open the floodgates for some more guys at that tier to do it? You know, because I doubt you'll ever see a Crosby or a or a Stamkos or somebody of that upper echelon call it a career. And I won't say easily, but call it a career under those circumstances. But some of those upper middle class guys, I wonder if they might not start doing it. I mean, they, more should. <laughs> more should, Not, yes. Yeah, more sure should because simply because you know it's like you only have the one body to live in, so you need to kind of look out for it because you've got another. If you're lucky, you know, forty, fifty years. <laughs> yeah. With it. So I mean, more should. I don't. I, I don't know if more will though. Well, I mean, with the shrinking middle class in perpetuity for the next few seasons until the league can actually, you know, raise more revenues than, you know, what's owed, I think players just like Shaw will be squeezed out anyway. You know, I, th I think you'll also see veterans that are, you know, fighting, clawing, scratching to get to that 400 game mark so their severance with the PA kicks in. I could see a few more guys walking away this offseason. I mean, and, and I do think it would be names that we're not expecting either. So not someone necessarily like Shaw who's had the publicly documented issues, but you know, someone who's had one or two or someone who's, you know, struggled to stick in the lineup this 
second half of this season because of injury. I can see a lot of guys walking away potentially. And that's kind of where I was going is, you know, they, they'll fight and claw, claw and scratch to get their 400 games. So that pension kicks in. And then, you know, if they've already got it, they may walk. You know, cause those, those sort of, and I say upper middle class, it's those five and six and million dollar guys. Right. Mm-hmm. Those, those are the ones I think are going to get really squeezed out because those are the guys that don't that, 10 years ago, you didn't have a problem paying that money to them. But now, because of the way the the elites are, you know, chewing out the... You get two or three guys on your team that take up 25 or 30% of your salary cap. Boy, howdy. Have fun finding the rest of your team. Suddenly, it's going to be a whole bunch of youngins with very few older veterans. And because youngins are cheap. Yeah. Well, and are these guys that have been around long enough that you know they they've they're on the back thirty six of their career like Thornton and just say yeah I'll take a one year league man. Yeah. I want my I want my stats, you know. I want to climb in the record books. I want to, I want a chance to win a cup. I'm here to teach the kids. Or the or the uh, the guys in their early third early to mid thirties who are like, I just want to play, <laughs> so I'll I'll like you know take one or two million. And two being the magic number, I think that's the new vibe. Where the UFA deals we used to see were five by five, the big red flags. I think any player getting over two million that doesn't re-sign with the club will be. That's kind of our new pinpoint for trouble. Well, and I'm wondering if the, it's not a case of um, you start seeing some of these that that are you know one point two and then eight hundred thousand in bonuses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and then the club, you know, because the bonuses don't tend to kick in until after the season, um, and generally you can run like ten percent over the cap in the after the season. So, bleh, you know, hmm. oh, live in game. Gosh, update. if only they had a lockout that so they could, you know, fix this again. Well, no, I was just going to say so that the uh, the older players would quietly retire because they couldn't sit out an entire year. <laughs> well, you know, COVID claimed a few. Yeah. Yes, it did. Pro- it might claim a few more, depending on the uh, after effects, some of them actually having it. <clears throat> And that was another reason I kind of wanted to bring the Andrew Shaw thing up is, um, you know, we've seen a handful of guys that have been out for a while from it. What's it going to be like for them trying to come back? Will they come back? You know, will they try and come back and scratch out some sort of career if they don't have their 400 games? 
so they can get their PA pension before having to retire because they can't play anymore. Well, I'm just thinking about like just the physical after effects of COVID. <laughs> well, that's that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. Is you know the respiratory stuff they can yeah you know they 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 don't have the same performance level that they used to. Right. But they may still you know come hang around and you know be healthy scratched or be sort of a a, a, a taxi squad going forward type guy that gets in here and there, but they want to try and get to that, you know, their, their pension fully funded. And so they can at least call it a career with some sort of little safety net. You know, as I've kind of watched teams and standing shift over the last month or so, I would have said St. Louis blues would kind of be that first litmus test. Uh, here was a team prior to last summer's bubble. I mean, half their team apparently got it. Uh, the public details weren't as forthcoming as we've seen this season, say with Vancouver, who's the team I'll draw comparisons to. But St. Louis struggled for quite a while, and it's it just seems like only in the last four weeks or so that they've caught stride and look like their conditioning is back up to a normal level and they work themselves back into a playoff spot in the West division, even though half their guys are still hurt or or out for non COVID related injuries, as far as we know, like Tarasenko who is in and out, in and out, you know, he could be one of those players I could foresee if, if things just go bad enough between the injuries and any lingering effects COVID does have, I wouldn't be surprised to see a player like that walk away and, you know, take your pick of players from the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, next season the Canucks might be an entirely new crowd of people. <laughs> I mean, you know, not literally, but from significant all- enough. For multiple reasons. <clears throat> We're not going to get into that today, are we? <laughs> no. Uh, there's nothing to, there's, to get into. It's Exactly. Yet somehow all of Jim, Jim Benning's issues are being solved. You know, no thanks to him. <sighs> yeah, they're going to be a, a interesting story and I hope one of those players writes a book not the player who shall not be named but someone on that group you mean Goddad oh I mean he he has the movie rights ready to go I that whole thing optically with Goddad just you know for him to have to come out and say, I, you know, keep saying I wasn't patient zero, I wasn't patient zero, that's not, you know, blah, 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 mm-hmm. is just kind of. You know? <laughs> okay, uh, I'll take I, your word for it. <laughs> yeah, that's going to. The story for that, the unofficial story, parts of it anyway, will trickle out for years. <laughs> Oh, and I mean, yeah. 
it's gonna it's gonna take a Sherlock Holmes type to piece the truth together because I I think even within the locker room there's there's probably mixed talk or mixed feelings on Gauda as he headed out and maybe he wasn't patient zero but maybe you know I'm I'm sure someone believes he did something to jeopardize the health and safety of the entire club whether that's valid or not. Mm-hmm. Can you tell we're in the, uh, the doldrums? <laughs> I mean, this is worse than, you know, mid-January pre-All-Star break hockey these days. But not by much. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, poor Seattle fans are going to have to, like, listen to, like, things about Vancouver probably way too often <laughs> next season. That would precipitate um, local media covering hockey. Uh, <clears throat> it, it'll be an expansion team, so they will. And then, you know, after two years, look at tired of it and move on to other things. Because the weather's too nice outside and they aren't winning. Um Mm-hmm. Speaking of the Kraken, two things of interest, well, of interest to me. Um, the Seattle Times, our local fish wrap, what's <laughs> left of them, put out a poll on their Twitter feed asking fans what was the last jersey they bought. Was it a Retro Sonics? Was it a Seahawks? Was it a Mariners? Was it a Kraken? And I had to stop and go, how would they buy a Kraken jersey? There mm-hmm. are no jerseys. And yeah, people yeah. were voting for it. How do you buy something that doesn't exist? Now, the second thing I wanted to bring up was I bought one, except it's not a Kraken jersey. It's a Dick's Drive-In jersey <laughs> themed <laughs> with the Kraken colors and themed with their support for the Kraken. So, this is how I'm circumnavigating my I'm not buying a Kraken sweater. Mm. But I can still show some form of support for my bonkers, you know, Pacific Northwest type stuff. Like Dick's Drive-Ins. Dick's, for anyone else outside the 28, 29 square mile radius of Seattle. <laughs> Dick's is the place where the cool hang out. The swaths like to play in the rich flaunt clout. That's right. That's right. Sir Mix-a-Lot. My posse's on Broadway. Um, Dick's, is, Dick's is our in and out, except with um, far fewer options. <laughs> Like, there's no off-the-menu at Dick's. Mm. I actually there's, never had Dick's. There's, four, yeah, that there's is. four hamburgers, fries, <laughs> three flavors of shake, sodas. That's it. And it is a Seattle institution because it's fast, it's good, it's relatively cheap, and they're open until 2 or 3 in the morning, depending on the location. Which means, that's right, boys and girls, post-bar food. <laughs> mm-hmm. you want to soak up that alcohol 
Yes, swing on by Dick's if you can find one. God damn it, they still won't open one on the east side. Anyway, so um, I tweeted about it because I just was gobsmacked that they did it because they did a mask, um, a Kraken-themed mask a while ago. And then the day that the final payment went through and they announced that they were officially a team, Dix went, oh, hey, look, we've got, we've got hockey jerseys ready to, ready to order. Hey, everyone, come pre-order these hockey sweaters. I was like, okay, you got me. I'm sold. <laughs> I am because it was it was just awesome. <laughs> It'll match the mask, you know. So I'm good. And as and as I've said before, anyone that tells me to go eat a bag of dicks, I'm like, thank you very much. That sounds great for lunch, and I'll go. You know, <laughs> I'll head down and buy four cheeseburgers and a couple of fries and bring them home. So there. Yeah, I really don't have anything else. Um, there was something with the Kraken, and I don't remember what it was now. Connor McDavid's still ridiculous. Well, I'll remember in like, you know, an hour. Like I did last week. Mm -hmm. I'll make sure to have a pen and paper ready uh, next week when the same thing afflicts me. And it'll still do me no good. (laughs) So the thing that I, so just for everyone who wasn't tapping our phone line last show, um, the thing that I, the two things I couldn't remember from the John Cooper interview was one, um, it was really fascinating to hear him say something that you don't really think about, and that is NHL players never get to see their name on the Stanley Cup unless they go to the Hall of Fame. Because on when it's awarded to them, their name's not on the band. When they get it for their day with the cup, their name's still not on the band. So John Cooper, because of the way that things rolled this year, um, did actually get to take the Stanley Cup with his name on it because they had it all engraved, all pounded in, and he got like some time with it. They still haven't had their day officially, but he got to take it to I think his son's hockey practice, and his coach of his son's hockey team is one Vincent Lecavalier, who had never seen his name on the cup. So Vinny sat there and scrolled, you know, searching around the cup and found that 2004 team and saw his name on the Stanley Cup for the first time, 17 years later. And I just was like, okay, that's actually kind of wild. You don't think about, you know, they never, they really don't get to see it. So, and the other thing was I did not, um, the, the, the other little famous bit of trivia that was brought up was that uh, Ken Dryden was drafted by the Boston Bruins in secret and traded in secret. So that still just blows my mind. Okay, I, I tried to fill as much time as I could. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing else. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a dog day week. And I'm... I was really hoping to come on here and talk about McDavid scoring six points last night, but man, he just let up in the third period. 
He only got three. Well, as I noted, and it's entirely infuriating for me to watch, Edmonton does not change their breakouts or zone entries, their zone exits or zone entries against Calgary. They don't. They try and play the same exact game all game long. And they don't try to break down that Calgary stiflement. Coaches not doing in-game adjustments? I'm shocked. You can When you think about all the F and I pads and coaches in the stands and coaches on the Ugh. bench, you think one of them might step up and say, hey, guys, let's try this center swing option or let's try this, you know, three high or let's try this, uh, you know, wide, wide in type. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And it's infuriating because I, too, wanted to watch Connor McDavid blow up. Now, sure, one highlight goal and a pretty pass and another goal, you know, he does what he does, right? A point of period type thing. But <clears throat> mostly because I'm sick and tired of the Toronto media just flogging themselves over Austin Matthews' goal scoring this season. <sighs> Do we have to talk about him? No. Okay, good. <laughs> he can put the puck in the net. Uh, Vetchkin's still better. Um, I'm glad you brought up the iPads, though. Because how nauseating was it to see, what, three different stories about the coaching app come out within, I don't know, an hour God. of each other earlier this week? Yes. Like, that's how you know how... Um, how dog day afternoon things are in the league right now. One, oh, the PR drivel that some of the writers, not all of the writers, from two rights holder, well, one rights holder, one future rights holder, and... Um, I don't even know what to call the athletic anymore. Um, the uh, the app that really needs their reporters to be able to write features by talking to players because who boys their coverage bad lately. Um, all that data that gets thrown into this app just seemed more and more useless, and. I, for one, can't even picture Mike Sullivan looking at this the way one of the stories, I won't say which one, <coughs> wish, um, Mike Sullivan looking at this in-game, where it's just like, it's just regurgitated information that you can see. There's nothing special or really broken down, and honestly, the app itself looked like garbage. Again, these, the NHL not willing to put money towards something? That's not, <laughs> it's not the NHL. Who is it? Is it um, Major League Baseball, blah, blah, blah? No, no. It's a private company. Uh, it just happens to be the, de the default app that teams use because the nobody else is really wanting to invest in, NA or in hockey coaching software, right? 
Yeah. He did say. It, well, <laughs> I don't think the reasoning is there, but I, for one, I've looked at so many coaching pieces of software probably over the last two years, and they all have this fundamental flaw of let's track or list all this stuff out, but it, it for a big micro event thing that which a game is, you're just throwing a lot of stuff at a wall and seeing what sticks. And the coaches already do that. Right? It's like what why see here's my question. If coaches aren't doing in-game adjustments, clearly, what what are they using the iPads for anyway? Like during well, games. Well, <laughs> someone has to hand Braden point the iPad. And on that note, with 623 left in the period, uh, Detroit's Philip Sedina brings the Detroit Red Wings within one goal of the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm sure one Braden point will be looking at this play momentarily. Um, to your point, Cassie, they generally don't look at that software. They just get video shoved down to them. Uh, well, again, but what's the point? They don't right, do anything right. with it. Right. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. It's, 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 a vis- it's a visual indicator that they're not doing anything, right? <laughs> you can clearly see on this video, you're not doing anything. I mean, you know, it's like, okay, they're showing a player what they did wrong in their last play so they can be thinking about what they did wrong instead of what they should be doing now. <laughs> okay, I think, great. <laughs> I think the players, and I've noticed this a lot, uh, quite a bit this season, um, I notice the players sit there huddled around it on the bench and talk amongst themselves more than I ever see coaches do anything with them. Absolutely. Right. Again, what are coaches doing? <laughs> well, they're just standing around picking their noses and calling out line changes and waiting for the guys upstairs to, you know, tell them whether they should challenge for offside or goaltender interference. And then they shove down the video that proves or disproves their theory. As far as in-game adjustment crap, no. You know, the only the only ones making in-game adjustments are the players themselves going, you know, when I go down here, you need to swing high or swing out here and open up this space and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, clearly, the- fine so far as it goes, you know, I mean, players should be doing that regardless. But, like, again, what are coaches doing? It's bench management. They're not coaching. Sorry, Pat, go on. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, I mean, clearly the players are visual learners because looking at the iPad works better than the uh, finger puppeting of plays where, you know, one guy's in the middle and he's, you know, twirling his index finger pointed down at the top of the dasher board. <laughs> and then another guy comes over and, and I'm not sure they're actually drawing on the same planes. Um, <laughs> For it to all make sense. <laughs> so, uh, oh, oh, but I do know what coaches are doing. Apparently, um, they're they're trying to build local coaches unions. If you listen mm. to Elliot Friedman last night, I will happily volunteer to be paid to tell coaches how to, what to uh, 
do for in-game changes. Because <laughs> I can't tell you how, I mean, you know, like Patrick was saying, I can't tell you like how often I've just sat at games and thought, why are they doing this again? <laughs> they didn't work last time. Why are they doing this again? <laughs> There's the trope of you hire a guy to kind of build up the team and then you hire somebody else to kind of bring you over the top. Is Dave Tibbet just the epitome of that? Like he works with underperforming coaches. Lack of well, <laughs> not too. Uh, but in his stops in Dallas and Arizona, what did he have to work with? And Seattle, don't forget. Well, he didn't have a roster to work with. So well, doesn't matter. You can develop this system. Mm-hmm. Well, when he gets fired for the first round loss and gets hired by Seattle, now yeah. we're cooking. Yeah, that but no, he, he worked with basically he's not doing anything different than he, he did in Dallas or Arizona. He just has Connor McDavid. And Dry Saddle. Yeah. And the one common denominator, Mike Smith. Who I I just, oh my God. God bless him, you know. He's been fantastic this season, but boy, howdy. I have never seen a goaltender look more surprised every time he stops a puck. Because he just, the way he sort of lunges and shoots around, the puck, when the puck hits him, it's like, where'd that come from? Well, you know, like, ah, squirrel, you know. <laughs> oh, is it is it that he's surprised the puck hits him, or that like a player on the ice is complimenting him for making a save? Because from what I've heard, uh, he doesn't have too many fans in the locker rooms. Uh, it's because he has, you know, he's 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 the current iteration of Patrick Wall with how short his fuse is. Like he was John pretty good at some Calgary Flames players last night. One of them being Matthew Kachuk. So, mm. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're in the um, Muppets Take Manhattan in the <laughs> hmm. ocean breeze. It gets you clean. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, okay. So, so it's isn't this is not a episode ending question, but I do have a question. Can can, can it be? Because I think (laughs) I think we need to pull the shoot. Um. All right. I guess it can be if you if you really want it to be. (laughs) I I didn't have anything else, Pat. I want to see what Cassie's question is because, as always, I've got something I could go with. But okay. Uh, Well, all right. So if you believe hard enough, this is the uh, episode ending question then. Um, Or maybe we'll take that. Uh, So now that that Seattle is officially a real team, they're a real boy. um, Do you, and they can wheel and deal and and, uh, do stuff with the other real teams, such as they are in the NHL. Um, who do you think 
their first free agent signing might be? Is that better or worse than yours, uh, Pat? Uh, that's better. Okay. <laughs> okay, then I guess we're ending the episode on that. <laughs> <laughs> everybody it's just like all the divisional races they're all wrapped up everything's wrapped up so put an x by our show because we're in (laughs) this has been the 3b3 podcast follow us on twitter at 3b3 podcast we're available for nhl consulting at reasonable fees